Episode 15 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. Another week of Knicks talk, another week of NBA talk, as the preseason is now underway, just a couple of games away from the start of the regular season. I want to get into what I expect from the Knicks preseason. I'll get into the first preseason game of the year, some of the bright spots uh, from the Knicks players in a win in the preseason for what that's worth. I want to dive into that later on in the show. However, the big topic is one that I wasn't sure that I wanted to talk about on the show, but it is one of the biggest stories in not only the NBA right now, but in sports right now as well. So I I feel like I have to touch on this. I don't don't know how much I'm going to touch on it. Um, This is a story that's come out this week. It is probably the best time to talk about it. If I don't talk about it now, I'm not sure when there will be a time to talk about it. And it really is one of those things where I I went back and forth on it. I I really did. I I wasn't entirely sure um, where to go with it, where to start with it. Um, I'm going to give some thoughts on it. It's the NBA situation in China. And and I think that any NBA fan uh, should be a little concerned, to say the least. I think that's probably putting it lightly with what's been going on this last week with the events in the NBA. Now, this is a political story that, that has weaved its way into sports. And for all of those shut up and dribble people or the shut up and just stay stick to sports people and stuff like that um that's up to you uh, it, it's up to you if you want to listen to this part of the podcast it's up to you if you want to be informed it's up to you if you want to agree disagree listen that's on you i, I prefer to talk about these things if it involves sports i feel like sports figures sports analysts journalists should discuss it because it involves sports. It's not stick to sports. It involves sports. So I'm going to put that out in the in the open right off the bat. And if you if you really do think that it's a stick to sports thing only and, and you want to just not be informed and not cater, or rather not care uh, about what's going on politically in sports, that's on you. I'm not going to tell you to not be like that. This is not the place for that. I'm just going to give you my thoughts because I feel like it should be discussed. And if you don't feel like it should be discussed, wait till the end of the podcast or wait for another 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then I'll get to the NBA preseason and what I thought about with the Knicks. But for now, I am going to discuss this. And it started from what I've looked through and from what I've researched, at least per part of this, started with the Houston Rockets general manager, Daryl Morey. Uh, And it was a tweet that he sent out. I believe this was... Jeez, I think this was over the weekend now. It might have been on Monday. Uh, Sunday or Monday, I believe, this this tweet went out um, of an image that read, Fight for Freedom and Stand with Hong Kong. Uh, these are, apparently that was referring to four-month-old protests in the semi-autonomous, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Chinese territory. Uh, Tillman Fertitta, who's the Houston owner, Went to Twitter, said that Mori does not speak for the Rockets, uh, and it sparked an outcry that included the Chinese Basketball Association. By the way, the president of the 
of that organization, by the way, is Yao Ming, former Rockets center, which is, I thought, very interesting as well, saying it was suspending its relationship with the team. Now, for Yao Ming to come out and say that a former Rocket tells you really not only what his priorities are, but what, what this situation really, uh, it, it, it really what it means. And this led to, it brought up a lot of things. Number one, the NBA's relationship with and in China, the streaming deal that's worth apparently over a one and a half billion dollars over the next five years. Uh, China State Television, both of which, uh, this is from the LA Times, said that they would not be showing Rockets games anymore. It wasn't immediately clear if Maury's tweet, again from the LA Times, if Maury's new tweets of the NBA statement that followed would be enough to salvage those relationships. Uh, there's a little bit more of a diver deep as far as China's athletic apparel uh, releasing a statement saying that one of their uh, apparel makers saying that they didn't agree with Daryl Morey's tweet and they were upset by it. Uh, Daryl Morey responded, said, quote, I did not intend my tweet to cause any offense to Rockets fans and friends of mine in China. Uh, he continued, I was merely voicing one thought based on one interpretation of one complicated event. I've had an opportunity uh, or a lot of opportunities since to tweet, uh, the, rather since that tweet to hear and consider other perspectives. Um, uh, he goes on to basically backtrack a little bit, saying that he supports China's fans and, and their sponsors and uh, and things of that nature. Uh, more has come out since then. Uh, this week, um, the NBA defended the freedom of speech uh, for which employees, uh, you know, for its employees, as China tried to block the games in China. Uh, Adam Silver came out and basically reaffirmed the league's standing, that it won't censor players or front office personnel. And coming at this from NPR saying that, quote, the freedom of expression, unquote, is paramount for the league, which has been criticized for its response to an employee's tweet about pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. And that's the thing, just to clear that up, obviously uh, China and, and Japan uh, are, are not the same politically as the United States. Obviously not democratic places in the world it works differently over there i'm not going to dive too much into that it's it's something you could easily look up and learn about yourself it, it's it's a lot different over there to say the least very much not democratic quite the opposite and basically there were protests in hong kong saying that it should be democratic and daryl morey was supporting them for exercising their their protests and that's what's led to all of this and China and the NBA being at odds and what happened earlier as I was recording the podcast today. Now, you're going to be hearing this uh, podcast on a Friday or Saturday or a Sunday while these other preseason games are going on. More things happened today, Thursday, as I'm recording the podcast. And that's really what got me moving forward to, to talking about this. Uh, there were two things that initially came up obviously billions of dollars between the nba and china and there's a bunch of these things uh, about you know should the nba you know stay in this how did they handle the situation games were played today in china the, the nets played the lakers a pretty high profile preseason game Kyrie playing lebron over in china Apparently, there were many talks to not have this game be played. 
China and their officials in the government did not want the game to be played. They did not want anything to happen. Apparently, the NBA really wanted this game to be played. They didn't want, they would, you know, really take a little bit of a hit from this, which was supposed to be a trip to be charitable and, and you know, a mission trip kind of a thing. And that's what these games were supposed to be a part of. And this is what it's kind of turned into a little bit. But the the part, the two parts that really got me going were these two parts. Number one, there was apparently a compromise for this game to be played. And that compromise was that, yes, China will allow this game to happen between the Nets and the Lakers. However, there will be no talking of this game. There will be no coverage of this game by the media and nobody either player either team's players or personnel or coaches or staffs will talk about it the nba apparently reportedly agreed to this and so you not you did not hear a peep out of kyrie irving you did not hear a peep out of anthony davis you did not hear a peep out of either coach and you did not hear a peep out of one of the most outspoken outspoken athletes in sports history in LeBron James after this game very 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 off brand for the NBA which over the years under Adam Silver has been what he said earlier that I mapped out for you this is a freedom of expression league We are standing against things that are not what our country stands for. What some people think our country stands for, I guess you could say. Probably not the right way to phrase it. But they stand for equality. They stand for freedom of expression. They stand for you to be able to not shut up and dribble. To say what you feel about what's going on, not only in America, but in the world itself. And for the NBA... To take that away in this scenario tells me two things. Number one, they really, really, really need this relationship with China. It's about the money. They needed this game to be played. They're trying to mend the fences. And if it has to be swept under the rug, it's swept under the rug. That's a problem. That's a problem because of this. No, it's not. It's not because it was just one game. It's not because, oh, can you live with them not talking about this preseason game? That wasn't what was going to be talked about. Everybody knows that. They were going to talk about why this whole fiasco between Daryl Morey and the Chinese Basketball Association happened. They were going to be asked questions about what the NBA in China talked about to get this game played. That these journalists are not going to just be like, hey, LeBron, you guys didn't get this one. How's the team coming along? How, how is your relationship with Anthony Davis on the court? How did Kyrie Irving, what did you and Kyrie Irving say after the game when you embraced? No! That's not the story anymore. In this scenario, China knew what was coming. And they had the power to step in because it's on their home soil and say, you know what? No, the media is not covering this. That's, that is a loss for the NBA. 
I, where are your priorities at? If one of the things you've been hammering home over these last couple of years has been freedom of expression, yet you're willing to throw that under the bus so you can play one game in the preseason in China and sell out an arena. That is not what the NBA has been pressing. And I think a lot of fans that are smart are not fooled by them trying to sweep this under the rug and hoping nobody talks about this for a while. Not how it works this day and age. Here's my second problem. It's the Houston Rockets role, believe it or not, in all of this. The Houston Rockets would not take questions when there was some media availability. A reporter asked Houston Rockets stars James Harden and Russell Westbrook if they felt restricted, this is from NBC News, from speaking out about current events. The Houston Rockets media staff interrupted the reporter and wouldn't let her ask any questions about the situation. That feels a little bit like shut up and dribble to me. You're not letting your players, when they do have media availability, talk about these kind of things. That's a problem. That's not what the league's about. That's not what Adam Silver talked about a couple of days ago. That's one of the teams now saying, no, 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 we're not, we're not talking about that. Now, what would have been okay if, if the players were allowed to answer and say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable speaking about that. Or Russell Westbrook saying, no, not going to speak about that. They chose to not speak about that. Fair enough. But no, the media staff, the PR department stepped in and said, no, no, no. They're not going to be answering any questions about that. That's different. That's also not freedom of expression. That's no, no, no. You're going to answer the, you're, we're going to, we're going to only answer the questions we feel comfortable answering. That's different. It is whether you like it or not. This is a contradiction of what the NBA is supposedly about. And it's the worst possible time for this to happen for the NBA. The season's weeks away. Uh, maybe not even that. I, I, I forget. I, yeah, maybe two weeks away, right? From opening night, three, three or four preseason games away from opening night. And this is the top story. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a huge, huge problem for the NBA. Here's the problem as far as the backlash is concerned from this story. Here's, here's, and, and it involves, believe it or not, a little bit of an excuse for the players. It's a little dangerous to speak out, especially after you've been told to not say anything in China. That's fair. Now, others over the history will have said whatever they wanted to say, wherever they wanted to say it. But in the current climate with what's going on, you could see why some players would not want to say anything. Now, that doesn't mean when they come back to the United States and it's a little bit, you know, more, you know, now now they're on their home soil now. Now they're allowed to say these things, apparently. They'll be allowed to at least talk about it freely. This story will come up again. Make no mistake.
they could deny, you know, basically wrapping up that point, they can deny the access in China. They're not going to do that here. That's not a thing. And the players will be asked about it. And you better believe players will answer about it. That's something that's been allowed to really grow in this league is players answering these kinds of questions or bringing in that, bringing it up on their own, unprovoked. I'd be shocked if LeBron James didn't say something or Kyrie Irving didn't say something or James Harden, Russell Westbrook, specifically Westbrook, saying something on this. This is not a one-time thing. It, these are these are this is a problem. The NBA contradicting itself in this situation and basically trying to tell you, nah, don't worry about it. That's a problem. It's a problem for the players, it's a problem for the fans. It's a problem for the coaches. A number of coaches have spoke out about this and were mocked by our president. CBS News, apparently the headline, Trump mocks Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich over response between the NBA and and China's standoff. You may support the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, whatever the case may be. What I'm telling you is this. People should have the right to say what they want to say, their opinions. That's America, folks. Now, again, you could go the argument they were in China. It's China's rules. It's China's laws. Fair. China stepped in. Did the NBA have to take it? No, they didn't. But they did. And they took the money with them. That's a little discouraging for a league that is stressing freedom of expression. And for our own president to take shots at Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich is a little concerning, to say the least. It's really, really odd the way this is all turned out, but then again, we live in an odd time. That doesn't make it an excuse. Now, to be fair, Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich don't like Donald Trump. Donald Trump, based on his tweets, doesn't like Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich either. Has called them out multiple times. But they have a right, just like Daryl Morey did, And so does President Trump, for that matter, for those who are against Trump that think that Donald Trump just shouldn't have done that. He has the right to do that. Not saying it's right or wrong, but he has the right to rip Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich. He's the president, though. You'd think that would be above him, but we've long known that that's not the case. Here's the bottom line. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot of players involved, literally and figuratively. When NBA players are not being given the chance to speak out 
when the league itself is trying to fight against that problem and then basically allows it to happen so that money can be made for the league, that's a problem. And I got to be honest with you, I'm confused. I Did the game really mean that much that you had to... Let the NBA players, you know, you know, take the hit on this one, and they they couldn't get a chance to to comment on anything that happened in the game. China, China means a lot for the NBA. Clearly, I mapped out the numbers earlier on, and there's a number of players that have shoe deals and 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 contracts with endorsements over in Asia and and things of that nature. And you know, NBA players of the past and present are huge in Asia. There were LeBron and Kobe jerseys, as far as the eye can see at that arena when the nets when the nets played the lakers clearly asia and china specifically loves the nba loves it but the problem is this that love shouldn't trump a freedom of expression for your players let me know what you think it's just my opinion it's tough It's a tough one to map out. I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. I'm open to all sides and all opinions. Unlike China. Let's move on to the next topic. And that's really the the Knicks preseason. But before we do that, I do have to take a break. Let's take a, a quick break. I think we need a break. And when I come back, I'll break down the Knicks first preseason game and what I want to see next on the Shock Jock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys, back for the second part of the show. Let's dive into the next preseason. Uh, obviously, they opened up the preseason with a 104-99 win over the Washington Wizards. I, I got to be honest, I was pretty happy with what I saw. Um, number of players... not too many negatives I'll say that listen it's a preseason game take it for what it's worth but I I gotta be honest I think if you came away with too many negatives I I think you maybe didn't watch the whole game I I think that maybe you watched a little bit of the first quarter weren't thrilled uh, with how some players played but the Knicks were dominant in the first quarter and honestly in the first half I think I think the third quarter and the fourth quarter were a little disconcerting. So, I mean, really what I meant to say is you, if you watch the game late, you may have been a little concerned. But the first half was dominant pretty much for the Knicks, especially the first quarter. I believe they outscored the Wizards by 11 in the first quarter. You saw a dominant start. They backed it up. Uh, I think they took a 15-point lead into the half. Um, you know, so not great in the second half, especially that fourth quarter. They get outscored by 7 in the fourth. But I listen, I think the score doesn't matter as much as some of the performances. I think I think I think number one, listen, 
I, I who do I want to start with? I think I'll start with Marcus Morris. I, I really liked what he gave. Seventeen points, seven rebounds, uh, a couple assists. You know, shot fifty percent from the field and, and made three of his four threes. Good enough for me. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. He he had that weird incident uh, when he bounced the ball off of a defender's head uh, after he got frustrated uh, with one of the plays. Um, I think was it Justin Anderson? I think I think he's a Virginia kid who was defending him, and he, and Marcus Morris. Uh, you know, I you know for a preseason game, I, I don't think many people cared about it too much. It was more of a comical thing. But if that was a regular season game and that happens. He'd be, oh my gosh, and the Knicks lost? Oh, forget it. He'd be crucified. Crucified. I, it, you can't do that. That's losing your head in the middle of a game just because somebody's getting up on you in the preseason and trying to defend you and give it 100%. You hit him in the head with the ball. Uh, you, you know, Some called it a love tap. Uh, give me a break. Uh, ridiculous. But however, the performance was good. I, I, I Overall, I thought Marcus Morris was fine. I thought that was a solid line from him. If he did that a lot during the season with that similar line, I'd be over the moon. I think that's exactly what the Knicks need him to do uh, in that in that role. R.J. Barrett played the most minutes by far, uh, played almost the entire game. 17 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 turnovers. You know, that's going to happen. Uh, two's fine for that many minutes specifically. That That's pretty darn good, actually. Um, for 39 minutes, just two turnovers, three assists. So assist to turnover ratio, not great, but we'll take it. Um, did a lot on the floor. Um, two of six from three, not great, but shot six of 13 from the field. Not too bad. Uh, again, room for improvement, no question about that. That's pretty solid from R.J. Baird. I, I, think, I think Knicks fans would take that. A little underwhelming scoring-wise uh, for Julius Randle, only 11 points. But you know, in 27 minutes, he also got seven rebounds, seven assists, three turnovers. Uh, you know, not great uh, to be honest. Uh, shot 50% from the field, did make a three-pointer as well. Uh, again, good, not great. Um, definitely would be playing more if this was a regular season game. No question about that. Um, plus minus was a minus four. For Julius Randle, um, not great. Uh, although Mitchell Robinson, if you this is this is why I'll get into plus minus in a second. Why I don't think you should read much into it. But first of all, you know Mitchell Robinson, you know five points, four blocks, did get an assist and seven rebounds and a steal. Two of seven from the field. You know he's still working on that side of his game. Alfred Payton, five points, five assists. Uh, two of five from the field. He played 25 minutes. Robinson played 29 minutes. Compare that to Taj Gibson, 16 points, nine rebounds, two assists, three turnovers in 19, 16 points in 19 minutes. Even in the preseason, I'll tip my cap to that. That's pretty impressive. I'll take that uh, off the bench specific, specifically. He did he did his job. Kevin Knox played 29 minutes off the bench, 12 points on 12 shots. Not great. But seven rebounds, a steal as well. Still feel like he, he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, half of his shots were threes, which is okay. But he, two of six from three is okay, not great. I, again, I, I thought it was it met the mark. I thought it was I thought it was fine. I, I again, I'd be harsh if I if I said any of these guys were bad. I, I just thought that the the you know again room for improvement. But it's the first preseason game. Yeah, honestly, Frank Nilakina played well. Nine points, three assists, five rebounds. However, 
he he took more shots than the amount of points he had. Again, 3 of 10 from the field, 9 points is terrible. Not good. But again, defensively he was solid and got 5 rebounds, 3 assists. So again, not a great performance, but we'll take it. It's it's improvement. I like what Wayne Ellington did. 22 minutes, 12 points, 3 threes, 3 rebounds. Plus 9. Give me more of that, please. Thank you very much. That's exactly the line I'd love to see from Wayne Ellington night in and night out. If he makes three or four threes on a decently consistent basis, he's a weapon. There's no question about that. Now, we didn't get to see Kenny Wooten. Uh, I think Bobby Portis was injured. No Iggy Brasdakis. Dennis Smith Jr. was hurt, didn't play. Uh, nothing from Damian Dotson. And obviously, we know what's on, what's going on with Reggie Bullock. So there's a lot of guys we didn't get to see. But of the guys we saw, I thought mostly it was positive. I got to be honest with you. Like I, I saw most of the first half, and I saw the fourth quarter. I missed the third quarter live. That is, I went back and watched some of the highlights. But I saw about three quarters of this game. Can't say I saw the whole thing. I was flipping back and forth between, uh, I think, the baseball playoffs when this game was on. And, you know, honestly, uh, pretty satisfied so far. You know, one game preseason doesn't matter, but I liked – most of what I saw, uh, to be honest with you, even in the highlights, I liked some of the stuff that Nilakina was doing. Uh, I, I liked what uh, R.J. Barrick brought to the table. I, I liked the fire that Marcus Morris showed before he did that dumb thing to get him, I believe, thrown out of the game. If, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he got tossed for doing that, and, and he should have uh, for throwing the ball against the defender's head. You know, again, I, I, I want to see more out of Mitchell Robinson if we can, scoring the ball. That'd be huge. Alfred Payton didn't exactly help himself, I guess you could say, in the point guard battle. You know, five points, five assists. Yeah, two turnovers, not great. Um, but this is where this is where I get this is where I get people always bringing up plus minus and stuff like that. You know, Mitchell Robinson's plus minus was minus eleven on the court. Julius Randle's was minus four, probably because of the turnovers. Alfred Payton's was minus 11. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson's was minus 11. He didn't turn the ball over. Now, he missed five shots. Okay. Now, listen, Taj Gibson puts up a good performance, plus 16, plus minus. Now, again, defense is factored in here. Keep that in mind. But then you look at Frank Nilakina's plus 16, terribly efficient from the field, Didn't was not efficient at all. Two turnovers on the offensive end. Made only one of four from three. Not great. Three assists to two turnovers. Not exactly phenomenal. Plus 16. Now, again, defensively, he was solid for the most part. Again, plus minus is extremely misleading, especially in the preseason when these guys are all getting 20-plus, 25-plus minutes. Now, I, listen, here's the one guy I left out when I'm looking back at, I was looking back at the highlights, the box score, and then I wa- again, I watched most of the game. Alonzo Trier barely played. Eight minutes, took two shots, didn't make any buckets, one rebound, no points, obviously, did pick up a foul, somehow plus four, plus minus, whatever you want to take from that. Not thrilled with that. To be honest with you, if there's any negative, I would have loved to have seen more Alonzo Trier. 
I, the fact that he only gets eight minutes is not great for me. And I, I want to see more from that kid. But it's the preseason. He might get some run in the next game. Next game will be, you might be watching the next game. By the time this podcast comes out, the Hawks, or excuse me, the Wizards again, I should say. 7.30 p.m. on the Friday as this show comes out, basically. You might be listening to the show while you're watching the game, as I will be as well. Listen, I I can't, again, I'll, I'll go back to my first point. Overall, a successful preseason game. I like what, what's coming along with R.J. Barrett. I like what I saw, for the most part, from a guy like Julius Randle. I like Marcus Morris's performance while he was in the game. You know, Mitchell Robinson's coming along. Alfred Payton showed some signs. Frank Nilakina did as well. And Taj Gibson wants to make this team and not only wants to make the team, or rather, wants to make a, a big impact on this team, clearly. I like what I saw from him as well. There's positives to take, but there's a long way to go. You know, I, I, I think, I honestly thought Nick fans' reaction, I don't always love the way other Nick fans react to these kind of things, was good. Nobody overreacted for the most part. Nobody nobody said, you know, oh man, look what we have here. Oh boy. Licking their chops. And no one was like, oh my God. What happened in the second half? Or negative in really overly negative. Fair. I, I think I think this is kind of a midway kind of thing. It's the preseason. There were some good signs. There were some not so good things that happened. We move on to the next game. I think there's two preseason games left, two or three for the Knicks and then we'll see what happens on opening night you know I'm, I'm for the future of the podcast I'm not I, I don't think my goal here is to go game by game and let you know who, what the stats were and and you know who did this and who did that I like you know some of that stuff is it, it, it's good to know and, and and it helps and things like that but I'm not trying to bore you with the numbers you know, week by week as the season goes on, there's going to be multiple games that are played in the week. We'll go over the major storylines from the week, you know, who, best performances of the week and, you know, what needs to what needs to happen, you know, how do you think the team is playing? We'll hopefully be taking more of your questions and things of that nature. See how this team plays together, the chemistry, who's coming off the bench, who's getting a lot of minutes, you know, who's who's stepping up, who's not doing well early on. It's a long season, things of that nature. But it, strictly talking preseason, where there's not a lot of pressure and there's not a lot of, well, there's pressure because <laughs> you know guys want to get minutes, but you know the games don't mean anything in the score in the in the win or loss column. I think you got to be pretty happy as a Knicks fan with what you saw in DC. I, I think you got to be pretty happy with that. You know, a win is good for the confidence of the players. It shows that they, you know, what they're doing is leading to wins or a win, I should say. But I think Coach Fisdale, you know, he gets an idea of who he can trust. And I think that's the number one thing. You know, who am I willing to throw out there that's going to compete for our team, compete for the city, to move this thing along? Who's going to go out there and get the job done? I thought it was a pretty nice starting five he put out there. Off the bat, you know, I, I, I kind of like Marcus Morris, R.J. Barrett kind of playing together. And Alfred Payton running the show, although, again, didn't do great offensively. Five points, five assists. Not great, to be honest with you. I think Dennis Smith still has the edge. I thought I thought Alfred Payton missed a bit of an opportunity in that game to really kind of shine and and let Coach Fisdale know that he wants that starting job. 
But we'll see. You know, we'll see how it plays out. Nothing has to be set in stone yet. And that's what's the nice part. That's the positive of the of the preseason. The negative is you, you got to see more. You got to see more of this. And I want to see if Taj Gibson can do it again. I want to see if Marcus Morris is going to keep his attitude at the door and not throw balls at people's noggins, for lack of a better phrase. It, it's one of those things where there's, yeah, there's stuff that needs to be worked on. But there was a lot of positives. I think Nick fans should be decently happy with what they saw. And we'll see what happens going forward. You know, I, I'm really happy with some of the young guys. But I also didn't get to see Iggy Brasdakis. I was a little bummed. I got to be honest with you guys. I thought we'd see him. I thought we'd maybe get some run. But also, when, when Alonzo Trier only gets eight minutes, you can't expect Iggy Brasdakis, a guy that's behind him probably on the depth chart, to get any time on the court. So it's it's one of those things where you got to be patient. You know, obviously, a couple guys are hurt. You know, Bobby Portis didn't play. Dennis Smith Jr. didn't play. We're not going to see Reggie Bullock for a while. So, you know, let, let, let's let's see how it plays out. You know, Mitchell Robinson's one. It's one game. Let's see if he can put up some offense. I'd love to see him in, in the next preseason game get double figures. I really would. I'd love to see that happen. And just to see his confidence go up uh, on the offensive end would be phenomenal. It really would be. He, 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 we know what he brings on the defensive end. He had four blocks in his sleep in that game. He really did. It, it was not a problem for Mitchell Robinson to, to do work on the defensive end. That's that's where he shines. But now we want to see him start to make some progress on the offensive end of the court. Listen, everyone's going to point to the plus minus. I, I still didn't love what I saw out of Frank Nillikeen. I liked it. I, I thought he did some good things. But man, 3 of 10 from the field, it worries the, the heck out of me. It really does. Uh, that's a problem. Defensively, again, he's making strides. I'm not going to deny that. I don't think I've denied that on this podcast. But on offense is where he really isn't consistent enough. And again, with France, he had those big moments knocking out the United States. He played he played good defensively, played all right offensively. Didn't, you know, nine points is okay. Ten shots to get to those nine points, not good. So it, it, it's, you take the good with the bad. But again, how much longer are you willing to do that with Frank Nilakina? I, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I know that multiple people disagree with me about whether or not they should bring him back after this season. The, the deadline, I think, is coming up. If not, uh, it, it's days away if, if it hasn't passed already. It's coming up, whether or not the Knicks are going to re-up Frank Nilakina's contract or let it ride after this season. I think you let it ride. I, I think you let it ride. We'll see what happens. And if he plays well enough to, for a chance to re-sign him, go ahead. But if he doesn't, you know, you have the option not to let him go. You're not... You're not married to him the other thing is who's going to sign him is, is the pool going to be that big and this is the thing that i don't think i think the pro nilakina fans don't realize that like this is not a hot commodity in the nba i don't, I don't, I don't think the line's going to be out the door to sign frank nilakina as a free agent in the nba i think the knicks could be pers- <laughs> i think he could persuade the knicks could persuade frank nilakina to come back i think i'm pretty sure that's possible so we'll see. You know, again, good, not great. But overall, I think the team really showed me something there. It's a preseason game. They, they show me they're ready to play. They've been talking the talk, and they had a chance there to walk the walk. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of people bringing up the, you know, the players, I think, have even stemmed. This is stemmed from the players, saying they want to bring back the 90s Knicks. 
that kind of attitude, that kind of flavor, that physical play. You know, what Marcus Morris did throwing the ball against the head of a defender and saying, no, 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 you're not messing with us. I, listen, I like that. But does it work in this day's NBA? Now, now listen, here's the one thing. You can act like that, but how are you going to play? What's the attitude going to be? Are you going to let it get too much and do things like Marcus Morris didn't cost your team? There's a fine line there. You can be about it, but it's it, it's got to help the team. You can say, we're going to beat you up. We're going to chew you up and spit you out on the defensive end. And we're going to let that dictate what we do on the offensive end and maybe get some easy buckets. That's fine. Hey, I'm, I'm all for that. A lot of college and, and pro coaches I've talked to love letting their defense dictate their offense. And it, it works. It forces you to get better opportunities on the offensive end. And sometimes gives you the opportunity to break down a defense that's not back. Gives you opportunities to strike. So it's one of those things where there's positives. I like where the team is at. You may not. You may be really excited. I'd say be in the middle. Let's see how the next game goes. Take it game by game. And we'll see how it works on opening night where, where, where we really we're going we're gonna to really see where the Knicks are at on opening night. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's, what's going to happen. I'm not, my expectations are very low. And it's, an, it's kind of, with the Knicks, it's kind of a nice place to be. Let's see what happens. Let's see, let's let, let this team prove everybody wrong. I think that's a nice place to be as an NBA fan right now of your team. A positive result in the win column in the preseason. Guys played well. Others played okay. Let's move on to the next game. See what happens. And then we'll see how it impacts the regular season. We'll see what this team's really made of. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. Let me know your thoughts on what's going on with the Knicks, the NBA in general, in the comments. I'm sure there'll be a lot of thoughts on it. Please don't argue uh, too harshly about this especially with the stuff at the beginning of the show. I'm telling you right now, this is a space for you to, yes, share your opinion, but let's let's keep it PG. Let, let, let's, let's let this be a place where you can share your thoughts and not feel bad about it. I'll leave you on that. I'm excited for what's coming up with the Knicks. I hope you guys are too, and I will see you next week on the Shock Jock Knicks podcast. <laughs>